the American Truck Driver Podcast, episode 32. Welcome to the American Truck Driver Podcast, episode 32. I have a question that I would like to ask, and that is, what are you willing to do for free? How hard would you work? How much effort would you put in if you weren't getting paid? You know... Doing this podcast is something that it's something that I'm passionate about and something that I want to do, but I've really struggled with the idea of how much time to put into it because I have a job, you know, from you know, the first time I recorded an episode, which was like three years ago, you know, I was, uh, I was owning a truck. I was, you know, being an owner operator, I was picking loads. And then, you know, when I'd get home, I'd spend time with my family. And when I'm on the road, I've got to focus on, you know, getting loads and finding loads and trip planning. And, and it, you know, it's not easy to get to the end of the day. And then, Say okay, well now now I've got to report a co- uh, record a podcast. What am I going to talk about? Is it going to be interesting? Does anybody care? Uh, is there something good that I can do with this? And you know, and I, and obviously I'm not getting paid for it. It's not generating any income for my family. So I I've always had this thought in the back of my mind it's like well if I'm going to put all 100% of my effort into something I, I have to put that effort into the things that I'm getting paid for well about a week ago I was surfing around on YouTube and I uh, found this interview with Dan Whitney who is Larry the Cable Guy it was a little series of interviews um, I'll post a link to it in the show notes and uh, the the guy, I think it's Graham Insinger, I believe is his name. Uh, he, he does these, he's a pretty good interviewer, and he does these interviews with people. And, and I think I first saw him interviewing Dale Earnhardt Jr. It was a really good series. And then I saw Larry the Cable Guy, and I thought, well, let's see what this is like. And something that jumped out at me was a story that Dan tells of 1999, so he's relatively unknown at that point. He is traveling around, going to comedy clubs, spending a lot of time on the road. He's doing these radio call-in shows. Some he's getting paid for, some he's not. He's calling into these radio shows, being these different characters. And so he's been out on the road for, I don't know, two or three weeks, and he comes home. And I think as truck drivers, we can understand you know, what it's like when you've been out on the road for two or three weeks 
you certainly don't want to come home and do more work and you don't want to turn around and leave right again. Well, his agent calls and says, hey, Jeff Foxworthy has put together this blue-collar comedy tour and they've got a guy on there that's just not working out and they want to try you out. But here's the thing. They don't have any money. So if you drive up here on your own dime, they'll, they'll give you a motel room, but there won't be any pay. And so he says, well, they're, they're playing at the Ryman Auditorium, the mother church of country music. And he says, okay. So he goes up there and basically does it for, you know, what, 100 bucks for the cost of a, of a hotel room. And he goes up there and he, and he kills, he does great. And the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, as we know it now, is born. And I thought, wow, you know, here, here's a guy that's willing to go do something to travel take money out of his own pocket, cover his own expense to go somewhere and do something for free. And it just struck me of, of how many, you know, opportunities do we pass up because we can't immediately get paid. And look, I'm all about getting paid. You know, um, you know, I'm a boy. I like trucks. I like driving trucks. I like you know, I, I enjoy this job, okay? But I will not do it for free. Um, and I won't do it for cheap either. Um, I, I expect to get paid, and, and I put myself in a position to where I can make the absolute most money that I can because I'm not going to stay away from my family, you know, for the same amount of money that I could do working some job at home. So... That was last week. And then this week, you know, I'm a big NASCAR fan. I love, love NASCAR. I love racing. love anything with cars. And uh, so this story emerged about this kid named Ross Chastain. Uh, let's see. Let me do the math. He's born in 1992. So what's that mean? He's 26. 26 years old. Eighth generation uh, watermelon farmer. Now, I've known the guy's name for a few years now because he's raced in the truck and Xfinity series and he's never really driven a good car I remember I don't remember the details but I want to say that he was at like Talladega or Daytona and almost won a race had somebody pushing him and like he blew an engine or something uh, but but he's you know he's always had that name and, and he got associated with watermelons because he had watermelons on the truck well Somehow he secured a three-race deal with Chip Ganassi. Now, Chip Ganassi has owned NASCAR cars, Indy cars, kart, uh, sports cars. You know, Ganassi is a huge name in auto, auto racing. So Ross Chastain gets a three-race deal, and those of us that are kind of gearhead NASCAR nerds are like, oh, okay, well, now we're going to see what this old boy can do. Because he's going to get in Chip Ganassi's 42 car, and uh, this is the best car he's ever driven. Let's see what he can do. Well, he, you know, goes out and is leading at Darlington in the first race, and he gets into a little squabble with Kevin Harvick. He won the pole, ends up finishing 25th. The next week he goes to Las Vegas. He wins the race, just wore him out. And then the third and final race was this past uh, weekend at Richmond, and he finished second. And a story came out that he's not getting paid to drive that race car. 
Now, if you know anything about racing, you know that you know this has put him on a spotlight. It's turned him into a winner. It's put him into a select club of people. You know, winning a NASCAR race is is one of the most difficult things to do in all of sport. Uh, and he went and did it. You know, he he got in that race car and he drove his ass off and he won. So there's now no doubt that this kid knows how to drive a race car. But does that mean he's going to get a deal? Maybe. If he can find sponsorship, if all the stars align, and he can get back in a good car, he may run, win more races, and win championships. And you never know. Maybe be to the next Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion. Or not. But what if he said, oh, well, I'm not doing this, so you're not going to pay me? Or what if he said, well, if you're not going to pay me what I'm worth, I'm not going to give you all my effort. Would he have won the pole? Would he have won the race? Would he have finished second? If Larry the Cable Guy gets an opportunity to get on stage with the blue-collar comedy tour and he says, well... You know, I'm not getting paid. I, I'm not going to tell my best jokes. You know, because my best jokes, those are reserved for the people that are going to pay me. Would we know who Larry the Cable Guy is now? Would there be a blue collar comedy tour? Would Mater from Cars exist? Don't know. So it's gotten me to reevaluate what I do you know I, I want I would love for this podcast to someday um, you know make enough money that I could stay home with my family and not have to drive I like driving I'd love to drive part time I'd you know I'd, I'd love to set up a logistics van with a lift gate run about 50,000 miles a year maybe 60,000 um, but I love to teach. I, I have a passion for doing this. The problem is, and has been, that I was not willing to put the time into it that it took, or that it will take, to build the platform and build the brand because I wasn't getting paid. Now, please understand, I've never sat and thought, well, I'm not getting paid, so I'm not going to do jack. That, 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 you know, please understand. It's just difficult when you have a job, especially like that of a truck driver, where it consumes your whole life. Um, and, and it's difficult, and it's tiring. Um, you know, took me two hours to cross the George Washington Bridge today. I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Uh, and as soon as I get done producing this podcast and getting it uploaded to the Internet, I'm going to bed. Um, but, wow, what, an, what a powerful life lesson that we can learn from a couple of guys that were willing to give their absolute best when they weren't getting paid. So really, how does that translate to trucking? Well, you know, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I've drove company trucks, and I felt like I wasn't getting paid enough, whatever that is. And you know, probably didn't get all of my effort. Um, you know, and now I'm in a position where I make really good money 
and I don't I don't ever feel like being away from home isn't worth it in this particular job because um, I'm getting I'm 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 well compensated for every minute I spend away from the house, and that's that's what it has to be, and that and that's not the same for everybody, you know. For some guys, it, it might be a thousand dollars a week. You know, thousand bucks a week, I'm good. Twelve hundred a week, fifteen hundred a week, two thousand, whatever, whatever that number is. To find that contentment is important. But I can promise you this: you're never going to get to the level where you can truly earn everything that you're worth if you don't have an attitude of service. And, and yeah, that, that means you're going to do some stuff that you're not going to get paid for. Uh, you're going to drive some miles. We're going to have detours. We're going to have people waste our time. That's going to happen. But you can't let that wreck your, your attitude and your spirit. It, it can't consume you to the point where you become paralyzed or you become one of these whining complaining truck drivers uh, and it's not just truck drivers it's every industry but in, you know we're truckers so we're going to talk about trucking um, whining and complaining is not ever going to get you anything worth having that's just y'all that's just a fact um, you know there's time to address to address problems and you know and, and you've got to have people you count on you know, uh, you know, I'll pick up the phone and call my boss. Not necessarily because he has authority, but because I trust and value his opinion to help me see, make sure that I'm seeing all angles. We had an issue with a customer Monday. And, you know, I've, I've got a dedicated run. It's Tuesday to Friday. And I did an extra run. And, I, you know, Tuesday morning... I'm supposed to be unloaded and empty and heading my dedicated run. And guess what? Somebody screwed up, left a bunch, of, you know, freight on my trailer, and I'm and I'm kind of held hostage by this freight. And I, I commenced to drive about 300 miles that I may never get paid for. You know, and and yes, that sucks. And it, you know, and it it moved into today. You know, I should have got to my first stop at 8. I didn't get there at 1130. Pushed my whole day back. Now, I still made my, my deliveries for the day, and I'm fine. And I'll be caught up tomorrow. But that was something that was totally out of my control. I did everything I was supposed to do. I communicated everything I was supposed to communicate. I, I picked up and delivered on time. I did everything I was supposed to do, but somebody somewhere, probably in a cubicle... Um, just just made a mistake and that mistake cost me a lot of time a lot of headache a lot of aggravation a lot of frustration so I picked up the phone and I'm like Larry buddy here's the situation and and he helped me think of something that I didn't think of on my own and and it was the solution you know and um, and so I shoved the truck in gear and I got the job done so you got to have people yeah i had this guy i don't know if i've ever mentioned him in a podcast where i should try to track him down 
and interview him because he's one of the most fascinating people I've ever known. His name was Cooksey Sugart. And he worked for a company that I drove for. There was an owner-operator leased to U.S. Express. They had like 60, 65 trucks leased to U.S. Express, making 85 cents a mile. Oh, I can't even imagine. Uh, but but these guys, these two, Cooksey and Greg, the Greg was the owner and Cooksey was kind of operations guy. They were in the military together, known each other for years. Um, and so they kind of ran this business together. And I remember, this, man, this is probably late 99, early 2000. And I called Cooksey. And I was whining and bitching about something. I don't even know what. Had something to do with the carrier, U.S. Express. I was mad. And he said these words to me. He said, son, that's how every sentence started with Cooksey, especially if you're about to get learnt. Um, Son, let me explain to you why you're such an idiot. And I was like, excuse me? And he proceeded to, to... Give me the first lesson of many that said, number one, the axis in your verse don't run through the top of your head. Um, he gave me a little bit of shut up and deal with it. Uh, but he, but he, it eventually came down to this. What are you going to do about it? I mean, is there anything you can do about it? And the answer is no. There's stuff you can do and there's stuff that you can't do. The stuff that you can't do anything about man just let it go the, the things that you can address that you can be a part of the solution then yeah come on in and let's talk about it but if you're just going to stand there and, and bitch and complain and whine take it somewhere else and uh, you know he was just he was an important figure in my personal development I haven't seen this guy in probably 18 years. Uh, If he's still living, I'd love to track him down and interview him because he's just a fascinating character. Attitude, effort, uh, work ethic. Um, What are you willing to do right now, wherever you're at, company driver, owner-operator, leased, authority, broker, carrier, what are you willing to do to make your life or somebody else's life better, even if you're not going to get paid for it? That's the question I'd like for you to answer. Send me an email, anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com. Uh, you can support the show on Patreon. Become a patron. That's patreon.com slash anamericantruckdriver. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, anamericantruckdriver, and on Twitter, at chrispolk76. Still working on my book, hoping to have it done by the end of October. Hopefully I'm not being um, too optimistic about that. Uh, Got my first Patreon, Jim Jeffries. There's a shout-out to you, brother. Um, That was a welcome surprise in my email inbox this morning. So uh, remember to like and share the post on Facebook. I haven't done live video on the last two just because it's it's a little bit cumbersome to set up and, and sometimes the internet's not strong enough. It's definitely I'm in New Jersey right now 
and the internet's not strong enough for live video, so I'm just sticking with the audio. Let me know what you think. Do you want live video to go with the audio? Are you good with just an audio podcast? Um, Send me your comments and questions. Until next time, see you.